Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have a chance, head down to the show notes, check out all, all of our awesome links, social media and whatnot. Also, if you could head over to iTunes, I, I know I haven't asked for it in a few few months probably, and leave us a nice review. That would be really nice. Um, we help sure us. appreciate it. We would sure appreciate it. Also, check out our YouTube channel. It's always growing with more and more content, more and more videos as we go around the world <laughs> with our uh, Build Your Library and Torchlight uh, combined curriculum, K curriculum. We're nearing the end. We're, we're halfway through Asia, and we'll hit Oceania, and then we'll be, we'll be done. We, we got to do Africa. You forgot a whole continent. Are we? We haven't done Africa here, right? <laughs> My gosh, it's it's felt like a long trip around the world. It has been a very long trip. I'm sorry. We we still have a good portion of <clears throat> we still have a good portion of the Earth left to go. <laughs> so, while we're while we're asking for things, I'd love to. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been doing homeschooling journeys interviews, which we love doing. We if do. you. Uh, or somebody you know would be would like to come on the show, just you know, give us a holler. Uh, additionally, we would love to know what experts you all want to hear from. We uh, have recently interviewed uh, spoilers Maria Miller from <gasps> Math Mammoth, and we have uh, recently interviewed an ADHD expert. So yep. those are some upcoming episodes that you're going to see soon. Um, but we want to know, you know, who else would you like us to talk to? Uh, we can certainly reach out and you know, contact uh, some of these folks and, and get them on the show. But let us know. Let us know who you want to hear from. Absolutely. So today, if you've read it in the title, we are going to be talking about how to discuss difficult topics with your young learner. And, we, you know, we, we try to skew younger here. Um, we're going to be focusing on kind of that 12 and under range. If you've got an older teenager, they obviously they'll be a little bit more mature. You'll want to address that in a different way. Um, but, you know, we've got a lot of global... Issues happening yeah. in the world. I mean, we'll date it today. Where was March something in 2022? <laughs> yeah. So you can look up on the Wayback Machine on what's going around around that time. Um, yeah, we've just you know we've been having a lot of difficult yes. conversations in our house lately um, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine mm-hmm. to talk about, and we had we have a, a, a personal yeah. issue with your your dad had a my dad a, took a fall. A head, yeah, and, he had a really bad injury. He, he went for the full punch card of broken bones. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and there was a there was a, a lot of scary time there yeah. when we didn't know what had happened, whether he'd had a heart attack. Yeah, he, a couple of things we've had to deal you know, with. He was uh, months, yeah, so. not here. So anyway, there's yeah. been some really tough things we've had to talk about with our daughter. And, you know, because we're homeschoolers, we're we're together all the time. I think if if our our daughter went off to school 
then she wouldn't be seeing necessarily as much about, you know, what's going on in Ukraine, for example, but she's home with us. So while we're mm-hmm. looking at news articles or we're, we're talking, talking about, about things, it, yeah. you know, she, she's picking up on all of that. So we've had to have some... Well, she's a smart kid. We, we, yeah. We can't, we, we can't code our, our discussions as much as we used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're starting to, you know... For a long time, we were starting to spell words to try to hide it away from her. And she's like, wait a minute, Dad, I know how that, I know what word that is. Right. Yeah, I can't do um, that anymore. But yeah, so like when we're having discussions around, you know, while we're making dinner, she's, you know, her ears are perked and she's hearing what we're talking about. And it's something yeah. that's different. And mommy and daddy sound, you know, a little, you know, a little concerned. dour and concerned and, yeah. and, and things like that. And so she, she cues in on that. And that's been something that we've, you know, had to realize that we have another mm-hmm. set of ears in the house that are sensitive to, to certain topics. And that's something that we want to make sure that we're addressing in the right way. You know, that we've had these two issues that have come up recently and that's been something that has kind of brought this idea to the forefront. That's we right. want to make a little bit of a podcast about it. Yeah. Just talk about, you know, how, how we talk with our kids about tough things that are going on, you know, personally in our, mm-hmm. in our families, in our communities, in our country, mm-hmm. in the world. Um, and, and how we approach that because it's always something that I'm never, you know, we're not sure about the right way to go about it. So we've done a lot of research for today's podcast. And we hope that our research can help you on the next time you have to you know, have a difficult conversation with your child. Exactly. And so one of those first key concepts is the idea of being prepared. You know, obviously, there are going to be things that come out of the blue, you know, like my father's injury. Um, but there's other things that kind of unravel slowly, you know, uh, prices going up or, you know, some type of, you know, national concern or you know, something that's happening on the other side of the country that kind of slowly works its way back towards us, that type of thing. You know, those are concerns. You know, the pandemic was a slow unraveling type of thing. Right. That's a good example of something that was, it didn't hit everywhere at mm-hmm. once. It was just something that was starting to happen. And then all of a sudden it became this big thing. And there was a lot of time leading up to it. We used to live. Even in, Ukraine was similar. Yeah. Right? I and, mean, we, we kind yeah. of knew there was a buildup and we had yeah. been talking about it a well, little bit. Now it's used, obviously more, much more concerning. We used to live in Florida and, you know, almost yearly florida gets hit by some storm we you know it doesn't matter where it is florida's a pretty big state so it is a high chance that you're not going to get hit but you know that was always something that you have this kind of impending doom oh the you know where's jim cantori and is he i hope he's not in my town don't let him be at my exit i don't want him to be at my exit um <laughs> but uh the you know that was something that was like kind of a slow unraveling disaster you're checking kind of, you're checking, checking the hurricane okay, forecast do, I, do daily. we put up shutters do we not put up shutters okay well, you know do we need to get some water do we have to do these type of things these were constant concerns right. for us during like say a hurricane season but uh, luckily we don't live there anymore because it is we don't want to deal with that. It's too hot. <laughs> yeah, that's we're, right. We're too, we're, we're weekly. It's, we, we, it's too hot and too many bugs. That's right. And crocodile, alligators and spiders and yeah. Snakes. Snakes. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. So yeah, I think it's important to, to be yeah. prepared if, if, if at all possible. And, you know, even with your dad's injury, right? We, yeah. we got a, a call at 6 a.m. They thought mm-hmm. he'd had a pulmonary embolism or maybe he'd had a heart attack. They just really weren't sure he was in the hospital. It was very new and emergent situation, yeah. but we immediately were thinking it was once we got off the phone with with the hospital like okay how will we talk to our girls about this right because we don't know grandpa could be dying right now you know Mm -hmm. he's he's in another state for work and we have very limited information but we were already thinking so when something happens and you have a moment to breathe be thinking about you know being prepared of how, how you're going to talk about it. I don't think that it's realistic that we as homeschoolers, as parents really, but especially homeschoolers because we're with our kids all the time, that mm-hmm. we can really uh, avoid talking about 
things that uh, you know are are concerning with our kids because exactly. it's, it's going it's going to happen. They're they're going to hear overhear something or sense how we you know, how we feel. Yeah, and then there's this idea of kind of getting out ahead of things. You know, um, if you know something is coming or you know something's going to occur, um, that might be something that people are talking about. They may overhear mm-hmm. hear it at school or or whatnot. You know, getting out ahead of that and starting to prepare them for, oh, you know, hey, by the way, I just want to let you know this thing is happening and I want you right. to know that. You might hear about it. You might it. hear about it and it's not a big thing. Or maybe there was like a big tornado thing that ripped through the Midwest or something like that. And, you know, they overhear yeah. about tornadoes and they start to worry, you know, is that going to happen here? I'm like, no, it's okay. You know, tornadoes don't happen in the Pacific Northwest. Thank you. You know, we're luckily, luckily we don't have that problem. You know, but here's some information. Let's watch a few videos. Let's watch how people prepare for that. So you can kind of dispel the fears, you know, right. that you can turn it, turn something like that into a teaching moment. <laughs> and, you know, funny enough, I did turn that into a teaching moment for, for both my girls. I pulled out the anatomy book and I showed them all the various bones, Grandpa Brooke, <laughs> on his way down. Well, it, right. And, and know, that goes and further towards, yeah. you know, helping them to understand more. But exactly. the idea is rather than waiting for your child to overhear mm-hmm. bits and pieces of what's going on and grow concerned, you can have that conversation up front. Exactly. Uh, honey, you might be hearing that daddy and I are talking a lot about Ukraine mm-hmm. and here's what's going on, right? And maybe you just want to get out ahead of it. You know, maybe your child are, didn't have any idea that this was happening, but, mm-hmm. you know, dollars to donuts, they're going to find out about it. So it's good to get out ahead of it when you can. Yeah. Before they become concerned with your dad's injury, we did. We sat our girls down, uh, not our younger daughter. She's only two, but our six-year-old, we sat her down and said, this is what's happening. And you're going to hear daddy and I talking about it all day today. And this is what it is. We didn't try to hide it from her. I I think trying to hide it makes it more scary than it it is already a scary and and worrying situation. But trying to hide it makes it worse. So if you can, yeah. try to be the one to initiate the conversation. Absolutely. Um, the next thing is maybe if you are going to have this conversation, you may want to focus on the idea that you don't want to dump it onto your, you know, dump a difficult subject onto them when they're already stressed, they're already having issues, maybe they're tired, they're sick, things of that nature. Distracted. Distracted. You want to try to minimize the the impact. Mm-hmm. You want to get them in you know, their most restful state, their most accepting state, so that, you know, if it, if it is at any any way, you know, anxiety driving, um, you want to try to minimize that and, right. and, and, and minimize the impact on them, you know, by finding the right time to do it. Exactly. With, with our daughter, I had said, you know, this is what's going, you know, we're having a thing and we're going to talk about it a little bit later when, when sister goes down for her nap. And we sat down quietly on the couch where we could really have a good conversation about it. I didn't try to do it on the fly. And so, you know, yeah, make sure that your child is in a, in a place where they can hear you well. They're not distracted by something else. Like you said, they're not tired or, you know, otherwise worried about some different issue that you can, you can have a conversation that'll be meaningful with your yeah. with your kid um especially if there's a complex problem that you know the next kind of idea that you know a lot of times you know problems can be very simple like oh grandpa fell or you know a hurricane has hit new orleans or something like that um, but sometimes issues could be a little bit more complex and you may want to think about you know what are the key concepts you want to get across mm-hmm. so that they don't get kind of marred in the weeds and Mm-hmm. You know, like it's confusing and they don't understand it. Here, sweetie, let, let me sit you down and tell you about this area called Donetsk, you know, and this type of thing. And it's already glazed eyes, right? You want to just talk about the high level concepts, especially right. with these 
you know, very difficult, sometimes socio issues, you know, socioeconomic issues or, you know, geopolitical issues that are around the world that could be very multifaceted. And um, right. a lot of the, the, the nuance there and the subtleties, you know, obviously cannot be something that a six-year-old can, can uptake. You know, they can get the big points and the big movements and maybe try to simplify what's, what's the messaging that you're teaching your child about while also minimizing the anxiety. Like if it becomes too complex, you know, they'll get confused. Maybe the anxiety will, will, will rise. They're like, oh, maybe I should know this. I, I need to understand this, but I don't really understand. And, you know, there might be some, right. some concerns there. If you if you present a complex issue yeah. and, and you present too much of it, it can actually cause more worry than it can help. So, yeah. you know, and the last thing we would preface this um, is that you know your kiddos best. And if you yeah. have a very sensitive child, you know, approach that carefully. The, the whole goal of this is not to increase their worry, but to um, include them and explain what's happening so that they can be more informed and not needlessly be scared. Uh, so, um, you know, or, or can at least process the situation. Obviously, you know, with the situation with your dad, that was scary. That was, was. a situation to worry. We were all scared and worried, but at least by having the conversation the right way, she was able to help process that mm -hmm. and be there with us and, and not be, um, I guess it, it sounds wrong to be afraid of the right things, but, and not afraid of the wrong things, but understanding enough about a situation can help your child to, um, focus on what's, what's actually going on and not the snippets and pieces and what they've built up in their brain might be going exactly, on, Exactly, yeah. I guess is the better way to put it. Yeah. So that's the idea of preparation. So obviously, you know, depending on the scenario, you may have to do some preparation, but obviously that preparation will be for a certain developmental age. And so you do want to make sure that you're starting at a good place, you know, using your judgment on your child. So starting off at like a two and six year old level, kind of in that range. Yeah. We're going to talk about two developmental ages today, that two to six and seven to 12, yeah. because th those are just two, um, vastly different groups. <laughs> and even within the two to six, I mean, you'll I mean have... there's a, there's a big variation. We have a two year old and a six year old and they are vastly different, but you know, these are generalizations and take these with a grain of salt. And mm -hmm. one of the things is as homeschool parents, we are so in tune with our kiddos and mm -hmm. you know, we're with them all the time. You'll know where they fit in this spectrum. But in general, um, a two, two to six year old set, just to start out with them, you know, they have less life experiences. So it's really hard for them to understand complex yeah, issues. A lot of times, you know, with those young kids, they're relating things to what they know, you know. Like, right. And oh, they, they don't have here, a whole lot of varied experiences. So you, did, did you use any Harry Potter references? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, we certainly do. You know, how about in, in, in Canto? When the guy's <laughs> right. got the broken arm and the mom feeds the food and it fixes his arm. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's difficult, right? They don't have a lot of life experiences. They're also not very good at abstract concepts, you know, understanding kind of cause and effect, right? Talking about something we, when we did talk with our daughter earlier this week about the war in Ukraine, it, that was to her, that was very abstract. Um, and so, you she know, she had only just learned about Ukraine a couple of weeks before. Right. It's, it's a, it's a very difficult. So just, just yeah. know that that age group is not really going to be able to wrap their brains around that very, those abstract concepts very well. They're more focused on the things that really affect them, their immediate situation. So their family, their friends, 
their neighborhood, that kind of thing. Um, so if you can, you can try to relate things back to something that they can identify with and that they can understand, right? We mm. were we were talking about Ukraine and we were talking about people leaving their homes and we said, you know, um, Imagine that we had to pack all of our things and leave our home and we couldn't, we didn't know if we would ever see our home again. We couldn't take all of our toys with us and things. And she was like, oh, so she kind of understood like, oh, that's, that's what they're having to do. And I said, yes. And that's why it's so scary for these people and, Mm -hmm. and, and very sad. And daddy and I are talking about like something that she could kind of identify with. So just remember that because our pool of life experience is a smaller you need to try to connect it to something that they can relate to in some way. Yeah. Um, they're also going to be very sensitive to the emotions of us as their parents. Uh, they can really internalize what how we feel and think that maybe they caused that in some way. Mm. So, you know, mommy and daddy are really upset about this situation with grandpa. And, you know, she's thinking like, are they mad at me? Are they crying mm-hmm. because of something I did? Are they, you know, so... Mm-hmm. That can be really tough um, with this age kiddo because they... It may require they, a little bit of reinforcing in the moment. Right. Saying, you know, it's nothing you've done. There's nothing wrong with you. It's nothing that we are upset about you. It's just something we're upset about somewhere exactly. else. Because if you, you know, if you think about it from her standpoint, the only time mommy and daddy get kind of upset or cry or whatever, it's always something, you know, I'm in the mix of that. And this is something outside of that. Right. So her normal gauges well i'm part of this somehow and maybe i you know i did something wrong or whatever and and it wasn't my first thought to think that way yeah. so when i was doing research for this episode i was i was surprised to see that 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 one of the first things that children in that age group will do is think that they are somehow maybe at fault well, for the make, way that parents sense. feel it makes sense because it totally makes sense but there. i didn't think yeah. about it in the time and so yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we know that now and can be expecting it so you should be prepared for that as well so the idea of talking to the age group you know that's the terms you use, the you know, the, mm-hmm. the inflection in your voice, how you know, you know, I I went to the to the globe and pulled down the globe and showed her where it's happening, you know, that type of thing. Like, right. how do you talk to, you know, a kid of this age about these things? Right. So this this two to six age group, um, step one, find out what they might already know. Yeah. It's really important to know what the basis is. They may have heard bits and pieces and you need to know kind of what you're working with before you come into this. Um, you know, then you can gauge, you know, where you need to maybe, you know, correct them or explain further. Really avoid showing them the news or anything graphic, Media. you know, we, yeah. we got pictures of grandpa when he was very injured and we did not show those to our children yeah. because we knew that that would just be upsetting. Um, we have not turned on the news about Ukraine. We're doing all of our news and things in the evenings when our kids are in bed, because we know that that some of these images yeah. would be very disturbing to them. So, you know, try if you can to avoid showing them something that they're not ready to handle. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's a great point. You know, that's something I remember when I was younger, um, when I was nine, that was when the Gulf War happened, 91. Mm-hmm. And I remember my parents, you know, watching this thing every night and they're very animated and it was like, you know, they were concerned. And I I, I would come to them and go, hey, you know, what's going on? And, and they didn't let me watch those first few nights. And then they finally said, okay, you know, this is a very adult thing. You can sit up with us and watch. And they explained it to me and I was able to, you know, see what was happening. But, you know, I was nine, almost 10, you know, mature, I, I could not, I could not imagine, you know, especially with the way the media, you know, the way the access to, you know, everybody's got a phone in their hands. If we have access to videos that are on the ground, that's not something that I want, 
you know, my daughter seeing anything accidentally coming up on the screen that, that might be very, um, you know, traumatizing. To them. Right. Well, and I would definitely argue that our news today is much more graphic than it was, yeah, it was probably. 30 years ago. We were dating ourselves when the Gulf War was happening. Um, Are we that old? So, so. I, I was born when there was still the Soviet Union. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the issue with news media is that it's really hard for us to control what might flash across the screen that our yeah. kids may see. So just be really cautious of sources of information that you can't control um, to make sure that you don't scare them, right? We're, we're not trying to not tell them the truth or anything, but there there are images that I have seen of what's happening over there right now yeah, that same. are scarring to me as an adult. Yeah, exactly. I would not want my child to see these images. And so just be real careful with, with the news especially. The next thing is when you're explaining, you try to use basic vocabulary about the situation and break it into the simplest terms that you can. Don't over-explain. Yeah. So you know, maybe your your child can understand much higher concepts, but really try to keep it simple because especially if this is a time when they might be worried or upset, you know, don't go at the bounds of their of, of what they will understand, right? Yeah. You want to be real simple, really clear. When well, I, right right in the wheelhouse because they want to be comfortable right. with the terms that you're explaining to them so it doesn't breed any additional anxiety that might might occur. Absolutely. You know, when I sat our daughter down, I said, I want to tell you that that grandpa is in the hospital right now. And what we know about him is that he's getting the best care that he can. And she immediately said, is grandpa going to die? And we said, we don't think so. And we pray that he is not. But we don't know that. And right now, mommy and daddy are doing our best to take care of the things we need to do so that grandma can be there to support grandpa in the hospital. And we will tell you as soon as we know something. But right now, what we know is that he's where he needs to be and he's with really good doctors. And we tried to be really reassuring that, you know, grandpa is a doctor and all the other doctors, they know they all know each other. So grandpa's getting like really good care. <laughs> you know, those other doctors are taking really good care of grandpa yeah. and he's right where he needs to be. And he couldn't, there's no better place for him than exactly yeah, where he's that, at, you know, just line. trying yeah, to reassure line. her. That's a line I've always told, you know, even up to, to adults, you know, like he, you know, he or she is where they need to be in exactly. case something happens. And, right. and that is a very calming statement. It's like, it's not like they're out on a boat or up in the airplane or in the middle of nowhere. You know, they're in the hospital, they're in the ER. Those doctors know exactly what they're doing. They, they're they miracle workers. You know, those frontline docs are just unbelievably talented, especially mm -hmm. the ICU docs, any ER docs, any anyone who goes in there, you know, you're getting the best of the best. These guys are the guys who can do the, just amazing things. And so it's very comforting to know. It's like, okay, I wouldn't want him anywhere else. I would want him not falling, right. hurting himself <laughs> right, back obviously. home. Other than that, he is, you know, with the situation we're at, he he could not be in a better situation. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's important in this to try to explain, you want to basically go as far as you need to so that they understand the situation and they, you've tried to assuage whatever worry you can. Obviously, like in this situation, we were all going to continue to be worried. Yeah. And that's the next thing is we need to validate what they're feeling and, and tell them how we're feeling. This was a, a, a time when she said, I'm really worried. I'm, I'm really scared for grandpa. And I said, you know what? Daddy and I are really scared too. And it's okay that we're scared and we're worried about this. Mm -hmm. We're all scared and worried together. Yep. And 
we're just going to all stay close to each other and we can give extra snuggles today if we want to. And as soon as we know something, we will tell you what we know. And so she kind of was like, she kind of was a bit relieved because she knew something was going on. She knew that there was, that this was all happening. Something was happening. And then she knew what it was and she knew that mommy and daddy were we're going to tell her as soon as we could. Yeah. The important thing with this age group is that they need lots of reassurance, yeah, the reassurance that, is that key. they are safe yeah. and that, you know, um, we are doing what we can do and, you know, they don't, they don't need to take on any additional, um, they don't need to carry any weight. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the right. I'm trying to come up with it, but you're, yeah. you're right. We are not relying on them to do anything. Mm-hmm. We're just telling them, this is what's happening and we're here and we're and you're safe and mommy and daddy are here for you and we we feel this way too and it's okay to have the feelings that you're having because we really want to validate that it's all right we don't want them to feel like they shouldn't she shouldn't be worried yeah. or she shouldn't be scared it, it's okay to have those feelings those are real mm-hmm. and you know we all have to live with those emotions but but you should be scared in the right context right that Hey, he is in the best place he can be. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yep. So moving on from the kind of that two-year-old to six-year-old range, let's go to that kind of seven-year-old to kind of that early teenager years Mm -hmm. of 12 years old. You know, obviously, cognitively, they're way more accelerated. Absolutely. Um, they have, they can understand deep, you know, deeper concepts, you know, more sophisticated, Mm -hmm. you know, ideas and, and more abstract thinking, um, what are the type of things that we're going to be looking for when we're explaining something to, you know, someone who's kind of a proto teenager? Yeah, really. This is that transitional age between childhood and teenager, more independence. Um, So they're definitely able to understand more abstract concepts. So that's something that, you know, the youngers can't and, and these, and this older group is going to be more prepared to do that. Not in all cases because abstract thinking is difficult even for adults, but yeah, exactly. they'll be more capable of it. Um, they have more experiences, which they can help them understand these complex topics, more experiences than our younger kiddos. So when we talk to this age group, we really, again, we want to find out what they know. It's always good to baseline what they are baselining i think is a great way to put it like find out where you're at because you got to know you know the only way to get to where you got to go is got to know where you are and the right and and get that baseline is is really good because especially with these older you know older kids they may you know have friends they're texting with you know their friends may have said something they may be at school or in a class or in a co-op or something of that nature and somebody could have said something and you need to make sure what, what you've heard and so you can understand maybe if there's some information that's incorrect you need to be able to correct that. Right? right. The best example of this is, you know, the the talk, right? The sex talk. Right. <gasps> what do you know already? What? I mean, this birds is birds and the bees. Are this we is going a, the birds and the bees. This is this a podcast? difficult topic too Come for on, we're early lot. learners. This is not. We, we're not doing a podcast for until seven, like four or five hundred here. Seven to twelve, right? Birds and the bees. My God. So there. I mean, all right. I'm is, out of here. This is. Gonna <laughs> so there's these are things, right? What yes. do you already know? So we yes. can assess where we need to start the conversation. We already know the big points we want to talk about, right? But we need to know you know how far down the road where we should start where we should fill in gaps also with this age group it's best not to push the issue if they aren't ready to discuss it right they they understand more they're trying to figure things out some out for themselves so you may say maybe 
just recently there was a, a school shooting, right? And it had our daughter heard that, she's kind of on the, the cusp of this, right? She's six and a half. So yeah. she has some traits of both groups, you mm-hmm. know, depending on, on the day and exactly what it is. But, you know, if she had heard about something like that and we had said, hey, do you want to talk about this? She might have said she wasn't ready to talk about it yet. We shouldn't push the issue. Exactly. Right? If they're not ready to speak about it yet, that's okay. Let them come to you. Yeah. You know, and, and then, then we reassure, hey, we're here. And when you're ready to talk about it, I'm ready to listen and I will help explain anything that you need. And, you know, give them, we have to give them a little bit more space, um, you know, to, to, to come to us and, and let them know that we're going to answer them honestly without any judgment, right? It's a safe space to talk. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, moving into that, you, when you start to talk to them, you, you want to focus on the why of something, not right. just the what. You know, right. What is With that younger group, it's, it's the what. Yeah. Yeah. In this older group, you we kind of need to go with the why. Right. Yeah. When we explained Ukraine, we, we told our daughter that this is what is happening. Yeah. Right. She, The why would have been way too complex way for too her. Way too complex for her. Right. She, did, she, she wouldn't get it. It would just confuse the issue for her. Mm-hmm. It would be over-explaining. Um, this older group, they want to know the why. So we have to make sure that we think about that in our preparation to talk to this age group. And then for this group, they may, and maybe with your help or maybe independently, they may want to find out more about this topic. And so it's up to us to help maybe even in our preparation think about some appropriate resources that are going to give them age appropriate information, right? I don't want to take a 10 year old and say, yeah, just go ahead and watch the news and go on CNN by yourself, right? That, 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 that's probably not appropriate, um, depending on what situation's happening. But trying to look up and find some age appropriate resources that you can give them, hey, mm-hmm. we can talk about this. If you want to know more information about this issue, this is a really good place for you to go and learn about it, for example. Exactly. The next thing is to ask questions that encourage them to have their critical thinking skills, right? Like this happened. Um, why do you Why do you think that would happen? How do you think those people feel? Um, you know, and also to challenge, how does this make you feel? Yeah, challenge. You know, their thinking. You know, ask them. You know, how would you have done something different in this situation? What would you do to change right. this situation? Have you thought about that type of things? You know, we don't always want to say that we can turn every situation into a learning experience, but in some respects, we we can do that. And by picking the right, you know, materials, approaching it in the right way, you know, you as a as a parent can also learn more while you're also learning it along with your student. You know, cause sometimes there may be a situation that you don't understand how this happened, mm-hmm. and you don't know uh, enough about this, and you don't know why this is becoming um, such a huge issue in the world. You may want to do a little bit of reading and deep dive, and you may even want to kind of, in some respects, do a little unit study together with your learner to understand what what is happening. You know, right? If this is something that they want to learn more about, I think it's good. I think it's good to think about things critically so that they can have a better understanding about how situations become so complex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I I think that that's helpful. the The other thing is. Before you leave this conversation, you need to check how they feel, yeah. right? Sometimes I feel like I've talked to our daughter and she's she seems fine. And then if I stop myself and I ask, how do you feel now? Well, actually, I'm a little bit upset. I'm a little bit worried about this, right? Mm-hmm. So just because they took in the information well and you feel like they've handled it, 
still check in with them because they aren't they aren't adults yet even though they're in this transitional stage um, and they still need your support and that reassurance that it is okay to feel that way. So I, I think that, I don't know, I feel like as adults, we need reassurance. That it's okay to have our feelings. So at every age, I think kids do too. Yeah. A lot of times there's, there's never that, that decompression or the, the debriefing mm-hmm. off of a situation or, or, or not, you know, some challenging thing. You know, we always forget to ask, you know, how, how are you feeling? Are you okay about this? Do you need me to support you in another way? You know, that's a really good point. That's something I, I, I know I don't do enough with, with my daughters to say, okay, this thing happened. Are you okay about it? Or, you know, what, how do you feel about right. this? You know, we did a lot of the, how, you know, was it, learn, how about your feeling, learn about your feelings or what was the thing for Torchlight with the, uh, know your feelings? Yeah. A whole, a whole, a whole bunch whole, of feelings. A whole bunch of feelings. That's yeah, the book, we did a yeah. lot of feeling stuff and you know, you kind of just forget about that and you stop doing that. And that's something that I think, you know, I mean, I don't feel, I feel like most adults aren't as in touch with their feelings as they need to be. And this social emotional learning is so important for our kids. And I, and I've been through a lot of therapy for anxiety related Mm -hmm. issues. And so I'm, I'm kind of always on the lookout for my daughter having any, you know, emotional state that where she, maybe she outwardly looks like she's coping with something, but maybe she's really not because I've been there. I've been the one pretending to cope Mm -hmm. and really not. The last thing we would say about this age group is that if this uh, group feels compelled to help in some way or wants to take action, help them find that, that resource. In our daughter's case, she really wanted to do something. What can I do about grandpa? And you know, we said that one of the best things that she could do is help to take care of grandpa's dog. And so when grandpa's dog came to stay with us, and he's been with us now for a couple of months, that she could really look after him and she could be extra nice to him. And maybe she could be extra nice to her sister that day while we were dealing with that so mm-hmm. that, you know, we didn't have to worry too much about them fighting and things. And could she step up and be a bit bigger kid for the day? And she really took on that. She, she did. She helped with the dog. She helped with her sister. So well, maybe the, the dog's been sleeping in her bed every night. <laughs> that's right. She's the, now got a cuddle buddy. That's right. That, that, buddy. Is the name of the dog, so yeah. he's got a cuddle buddy. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if they feel compelled, uh, you know, and they want to take some sort of action, yeah. I think the younger set of kids is usually, they're usually okay to hear what you have to say, and oftentimes they don't feel the need to do something but themselves. Even, but, but even the two-and-a-half-year-old got in on the mix. She started reading bedtime stories to Grandpa. She she did. We started videoing bedtime, bedtime stories. stories to Grandpa, and he enjoyed those, you know. Yeah, we, we did some fun things. The, the so, literary classic, You Are My Cupcake. <laughs> and, you Are My Sticky Little Gumdrop. And Big Girl Panties. And Big Girl Panties. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> yeah, if your kids can feel compelled to take some sort of action, just be there to help them. And maybe that's yeah. part of your preparation, too, of thinking about, you know, what, what could they do? Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about preparation, ways to talk to these kind of two two breakups of, of ages from about two to 12. And those are kind of general too, those right? General, you know yeah. your child best. You may have a five-year-old that displays all the traits of an eight-year-old in, in, in this, you know, uh, developmental age. You know your children best and what they can handle. These are just some kind of rough guidelines. So, you know, just to kind of wrap it up, you know, the ideas that we, we kind of talked about, you know, understanding um, that you want to kind of follow your learner's lead, mm-hmm. you know, you want to tell them something, you want to bring them into a difficult concept, um, but you do want to let them kind of guide 
you know, what they're feeling, how they're responding to the, if they have a concern, maybe you didn't even know about, (laughs) right. Um, definitely follow, you know, where their concern goes and try to answer that. I mean, you do have to kind of lead the conversation, but it it is a conversation. It shouldn't be a monologue. It should not be you sitting down and say, okay, here's what I'm going to tell you. This should be interactive (laughs) um, because that's the most impactful and meaningful conversations are interactive. Yeah. Next thing is, you know, do not lie. You know, you're going to be doing right. information. That sounds really simple. Don't lie. Don't lie. But it's it sounds that sounds like an easy thing, but it's really hard because there's yeah. things like I could have said, you know, but don't worry, grandpa's gonna be just fine. Yeah, we didn't know. And we didn't say that because we yeah. actually didn't know if he would be okay. And it would have been so easy to say, Yep, he's in the hospital, but you know what, he's gonna be fine. Everything's yeah. gonna be fine. I didn't know that. And and so it can be really tough, but I think honesty is so important, mm-hmm. you know, for them to... Because when there's a tough situation, you want your child to trust what you're telling them. Um, and exactly. Not, and not in a manipulative way, but you want, you want them to believe what you're saying. Because in this moment, it really matters what mm-hmm. I'm saying and what I'm telling you. Because this is a very important situation. This isn't you cleaning up the dishes at the kitchen table or picking up the toys here or putting your socks on before you go outside. Right. You know, this is a very important thing, and I want, I want your full attention because I'm going to tell you the truth here, and I want you to remember this, right? Because this right. there could be a, an important situation that comes up in the future, and I need you to understand what's happening. You know, like in this case, you know, I had to go run around and do a bunch of stuff, and I and I, you know, you were taking care of the kids for me, and mm-hmm. that was something that you know our daughter saw me just disappear <laughs> i had to go do a bunch of stuff right and she was probably wondering what was happening so it was important that she you know she knows you're getting truthful information That's from right. mommy and you know daddy has to go off and do a bunch of things for for today and then he'll be back right and that type of thing so it's, telling the truth i think is, a, is a big, even important. though you know you're abbreviating the concepts you're That's abbreviating right. it the doesn't mean the whole yeah. truth it doesn't mean that you have to give them all yeah. of the details of, of everything you know it can be abbreviated but it is truthful we're, we're not going to lie uh, yeah. and tell them the situation is you know different than it it's it's our natural instinct to want to reassure them reassure. that everything yeah. is going to be fine but we can't say that if we don't know yeah, that that's actually exactly. the case, yeah. right? And, and it's okay not to not to admit that you don't. And that kind of leads into the next thing, which is admitting you don't know what is happening or you don't I know don't have all the answers. answers of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But here is what is happening. And I will give you the most up-to-date information that I have at that right. moment. So that would be something if there's an emergency, like a family emergency. It could be a natural disaster, like there could be an earthquake, you know, heaven forbid, or a volcano erupts here on, on in the Pacific don't Northwest. Say it, don't say it. I know. Scary. I'm welcoming. <laughs> I'm don't welcoming all the scary. Right. It, it doesn't but, matter. But those what are the type of things that are more immediate. Like, it could be, yeah. but it could be even even with Ukraine. Right? Yeah. We we did have to say we don't know everything. Yeah. We know a lot, but we don't. You know, we don't have all the information on this situation right now. Yeah. Um, so it's okay to admit that you don't have all the answers, or that the situation is just really difficult to explain. Sometimes I have to say. Um, I gotta, can I, mommy think for a couple of minutes about how I want to tell you about this? Because it's a little bit tough for me and that's okay. It's okay yeah. to tell them that. Absolutely. Um, next thing is, you know, even though this, these type of conversations are hard and they're very difficult and it's very hard and it's very hard to keep your emotions kind of together when you're mm-hmm. talking about very difficult things, 
Um, or something you, that's just uncomfortable, yeah. right? We've been talking about disasters and terrible things. This could just this could be the sex talk. It could just be the uncomfortable that, conversation oh God, or drugs again. or something that's really I'm starting, uncomfortable. Starting to sweat. You keep bringing up these sweaty <laughs> concepts. Um, oh <laughs> you know who's going to be doing the talk. It ain't going to be me. Yeah. But uh, you know, you are the right person to give that conversation to your kids. I mean, mm-hmm. you are that first person. You're the person they rely on for information. You are there every single day. You're educating them. Mm-hmm. You're their primary caregiver. You are the right person to give that conversation. Doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to provide all the information, or that uh, you're the most knowledgeable. Yeah, but you are the right person to be facilitating that conversation. Exactly. You know what your child can handle. You know their sensitivities. You can see, we, I can I can physically see if my daughter is understanding yeah. what I'm saying or if you she has no nuance. idea. You can see it in the eyes, the way the, <laughs> you, you way, the way the wrinkle one twitches versus wrinkle two twitches. And I go, oh, I know that difference. I have seen that difference a million times. Right, right. Yeah, she's not getting it. This is over her head. <laughs> yeah. You You can understand what their emotional state is, right? So you're the best person, even if you're not, you know, the world's most knowledgeable person about the subject, that's still okay. Um the other thing is when you're having this conversation, don't rush it. Nope. Don't speak too quickly. Make sure that your child can really understand everything that you're saying and take it in and leave space for silence. It's okay to give them a few moments to process, to be able to ask a question. If we go too quickly, we might not be giving them that breathing room that they need to think of all the questions they want to ask us. And when they ask questions, you need to be there to be listening, right? It's that you're going to be having that kind of back and forth a lot of times because they're going to ask questions back and you need to be able to hear what they're asking and understand that how they're asking that question and maybe maybe some of the subtext that's that's hidden beneath it that mm. you can then exactly you, know, you can step into or, or follow up with another question that maybe teases out where the concerns are it's hard to be a good listener i mean it's it's easy to you know to to talk but it's hard to listen well you know you want to make good eye contact to be a good listener mm-hmm. You might want to repeat back what they said so you ensure that you understood their question correctly. Um, and, you know, you really want to be empathetic. So those are all kind of good traits of good listeners. You want to be totally engaged and not all about what you have to tell them. Yeah. And then the idea that, you know, you may not full, fully have the full conversation that they can obviously come back and ask you more later and be be there to offer support whenever they need it whatever the situation is, whatever the topic is, because a lot of times with these younger brains, you know, they need to go and process it. The neurons are are firing and they're, they're processing their emotions and maybe they fully don't understand it. They've got to ask you later. I can't tell you how many times our daughter has come back to us mm-hmm. the next day, a week later. Yeah, sometimes it's been a long time. A long time. And you go, my gosh, I don't even remember that. But I, I sort of remember talking about that with you and and now they want to have the conversation yeah, it's about been going it. around in it, her brain. It, it's unbelievable. It's one of those things that you just don't fully appreciate it until you see it happen with these mm-hmm. younger kids when they come back to you and go, you know what? That thing we talked about a month ago is really still bothering me. Or I want to talk about this thing that happened, you know, two weeks ago. And you're just like, wow, it took you that long to process that. And that's mm-hmm. a good thing. And now you want to talk about it. So, you know, leave that space to know that they may come back and, and, and ask for some additional help. That's right. The other thing is if your child brings up a subject that, you know, does need sensitivity, this kind of time to sit and talk about it, and they bring it up sometime when it just doesn't work, you're in the car, you're on your way to an appointment, you know, the doctor's office. Y- 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 your house is crazy, you got kids running around, or you're just unprepared. 
it's really okay to tell them that, you know, you want to discuss this with them, but you need to do it, you know, in a few minutes or, Hey, we need to wait until sister goes down for her nap. But then I do want to talk with you about this. It's okay to delay that conversation as long as you give them some context of when you'll talk about it with them. Um, don't feel that you have to have this conversation just because they brought it up right now and you're in the car. It's, it is better to wait and have a, have a more meaningful conversation than to have a rushed conversation more quickly. So just kind of, you know, play with that a little bit, but remember that you're not on the hook to answer right now. You're still, um, validating their, their curiosity or their concern or, you know, whatever it is. And you could even say, you could even maybe make an abbreviated statement that helps them in the moment Mm -hmm. and then have the full conversation later. Right. Yeah. You don't need to, I think it's much more impactful to have the quiet, meaningful conversation. So, Mm -hmm. you know, think on that a little bit. But it's also, you know, what if that conversation doesn't go the way you think it? Right. What if you've done all this preparation and then it goes like sideways? Um, That could be really hard. And you know what? It's okay to approach it again at a later time when you've had more opportunity to prepare or to look at something from a different angle. I mean, what if you thought you had totally prepared for the sex talk and you... keeps bringing it up. Well, I mean, it's it's coming for us someday. Um, And, you know, what what if that's a talk you thought you were really ready for and it didn't go the way you wanted, it's okay. You don't have to throw out the baby with the bathwater. You can always approach it again, right? You can, maybe you made some progress and remember that maybe the conversation that you need to have, if it, if this isn't about a, a major event, if this is about some other change of life or, or something, yeah. it's okay to have this in multiple smaller conversations. This doesn't yeah. have to be the talk. This could just be a talk. Yeah, a lot of times, the more complex the subject, the the more discussions are necessary Absolutely. to kind of tease out, you know, how we're going to handle it, how the family will handle this, mm-hmm. how you will handle it, how the world will handle it, whatever it might be. You know, understanding, you know, how do we proceed with things? Mm-hmm. How do we move forward? You know, what is the new normal? Those type of ideas may take multiple discussions. Absolutely. Yeah. And remember, if you if you leave this conversation and your child is anxious or um, unnecessarily stressed about this issue, then try to teach them ways to cope. You know, sometimes our, this may be the first time that your child has really been presented with this type of issue that may be very scary and very worrisome. So it's up to us to try to teach them those skills. Maybe that's some breathing exercises, focusing on their senses, Guided imagery, I love, right? Close your eyes, picture this relaxing scene. That helps my daughter tremendously when she's having a, a you know, a really worrisome time. Um, if you find that there is excessive worry or crippling fear and you can't, you know, your, your attempts to help your child cope with that aren't working, definitely seek help from a, a licensed therapist or counselor because, you know, you, you may need depending on what's going on, you may really need that help. So be on the lookout. But if you can teach your child some ways to help cope with these emotions, mm-hmm. then definitely try to do that. Um, and the last thing that we would say about this conversation is don't rely on your children to help you process whatever's going on. And this is like a page out of my own childhood. My, my mm-hmm. mom would do this with me. She would tell me things as a child and bounce things off of me and 
have me help her process life events that were happening. And I was not developmentally ready for that. And it caused me as an adult to really have an excessive amount of worry mm-hmm. um, because I was kind of forced to try to help with situations I wasn't ready for. Yeah. So don't rely on your kids. If you, It's okay to tell them that you're worried or that you're scared about something, mm-hmm. um, but you want to wrap them in a cocoon of love and safety if you can, um, that everything that you are here for them, that they are safe, that mommy and daddy are here for you. And if you need to, if you're having, you're struggling with what's going on, you need to process that with another adult, (laughs) right? So um, when this happened with your dad, Mm -hmm. we had a reassuring conversation with her. We told her the truth. We told her where we were at. You and I had countless conversations where we were trying to process what this meant and what happens if he if he d- did die, God forbid, and mm-hmm. all that, right? We processed that together. If I had gone on that merry-go-round with my daughter, that would have really would have caused, caused her, her... a lot of anxiety. It yeah. would have caused her so much anxiety. So, you know, it can... Sometimes our, our kids, you know, we're with them and they are, they can become our best friends <laughs> sometimes. And... We want to talk more freely with them, but we really have to be careful because yeah. they, they, as much as we love them and they are our best little buddies, they aren't ready to handle it. So, yeah, yeah this is one of those, that. yeah, one of those more like deeper philosophical more and somewhat topical <laughs> um, discussions. But these are these type of nuanced, um, you know, complexities that we, we run into as homeschool parents because we are spending so much time with them and that our, our lives and our education and our, our whole world kind of interweave in this kind of this wild nested, you know, knot. And sometimes things bleed across and we need to be able to, you know, to process them. And I think, you know, these were some really good ideas and everything. So let's end it the way we always do. What are we into? Ariel, the world loves a certain sport that America doesn't like. What is that sport? I feel like this was a transition too. This was such a heavy episode. Like yeah. I felt we're gonna transition into I felt like, fun. I felt like this was like kind of weighing on me. We hope that this has really yeah, helped all of you families um out there have these conversations. But yes, to transition. To Dan. Another transition. <laughs> um, yeah, we we our whole family is is into soccer now, and I I mean you may have gotten drafted to be the soccer coach today. I'm not really sure. Ariel and I have so. I, I think that it I has played, probably happened. I played sports for a lot of years, people. Take a knee. <laughs> get get a get an orange slice. Grab grab a water bottle. <laughs> Mr. Matt here has uh played lots of sports for lots of years. Decades. Decades, literally decades, multiple decades. Ma- many, many decades of sports. You're not that old. <laughs> I I can probably honestly say I played basketball for nearly 3 decades. Since since I was like 6 till I was like 36. Until I gave it up. <laughs> That's like three decades I played local rec ball when I got old. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been off playing, on, I've been playing solid basketball for 25 years. Probably. Competitive golf for a lot of years. Um, played baseball. Played a lot of sports. And Errol and I have been discussing for, for years. I go, sweetie, I, I'm going to get drafted into being a coach. I know it. I know it. It's going to come and they'll be like, oh, Mr. Matt. We don't have any any coach. There's no parent that's willing to step up and you're you're so tall. <laughs> and you know sports. <laughs> yeah, even though perfect. you don't know soccer. Even they, though you don't this, know anything about soccer. This exact thing is happening right now. Our daughter is very into soccer. Yep. Right now she's getting ready to uh start on her uh team four here four, locally yeah. for the boys and girls club yep. and uh for kindergarten, our uh 
four foot kindergartner. Yes. And uh, over four foot. Over four, four foot kindergartner. So, yeah, I'm ready for her to dominate. She's going to be ready to start driving. Um, <laughs> so, yep. So I think you're going to get drafted into I, that. We were playing and soccer all day. We've been doing dribble exercises. We've been throwing the ball to each other. We've been kind of it's get, been fun. We've been used out, to our bodies in movement. We've been out playing in the front yard yes, really, um, we've had in the sunny. middle of the school day. So it's been funny because there's no other kids out um, playing. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we actually were down with the neighbor kids, uh, yesterday yeah. and they wanted to play a little bit of soccer. And she was like, Oh, I've been practicing, you know? And it's, <laughs> it's interesting because it's kind of like, that's just a part of our day. Hey, let's yeah. get outside now and do some soccer. And it's great because it's a new, it's like a new PE element. You, oh, yeah. you had before you would say, okay, let's get outside and go on the swings for a little bit, or let's go on a, a walk, a nature walk or something. But now you have like, Hey, it's soccer time. So I can it's, tell you what my, it's kind of PE my, at the moment. My soul was warmed because I was playing catch with my daughter uh, with a soccer ball today. And it was always, pretty cute. I've always said that's the the one thing I've always wanted was just to play catch in the front yard with somebody. And she was throwing the ball and kicking the ball to me. It was it was it was giving me the vapors. <laughs> I was uh, I was having a good time. Was, We'd love to hear what you all do for PE yeah. uh, in your home schools. Uh, this is just what's come up for us now. But yeah, definitely let us know because yeah. my it's been Mia really ham. fun. For my us. little Mia Ham. She's growing <laughs> up so so quickly. Uh, we'll see. This is her very first sports foray uh, due to the pandemic. Yeah, this is the first time she's gotten to play anything so we'll see how she takes to it yeah and uh coach think, think of us as we're out in the uh seattle rain uh yeah. coaching soccer we, with a two-year-old and coach we well i mean i'll be there to watch with the two-year-old so <laughs> while you coach i'll be there with a like a flag go Matt. well the funny go. thing is i did some i i, I thought i wanted to get into per, uh, coaching as like a thing and I, and I had some dreams of maybe coaching basketball, and I went and did a AAU twelve-year-old basketball. Eleven, eleven-year-old, eleven or twelve, and it was a, uh, it was quite an eye-opening experience. That they I, were boys. They were boys, and they were a little crazy, and and I don't know if like the parents. Were you weren't prepared parents. for that, especially. I was, not, I was too young for that. When I was like the twenty-eight, it was not right time. <laughs> when the boys' team was practicing in the same gym as the girls' team, and the boys, this is the first time they'd run around all day. They well, had not done recess to be or honest, like it was anything. Like the first time I was around like kids a lot, and and I'm looking over, going, I'm looking at the boys who like got their pants through their arms and their, their arms through their pants, and, yeah, and they're running around screaming. And then over on the other side of the gym were these wonderful, peaceful women. Just jogging They're like, okay, the girls, court. let's get in a let's line. The do, girls are like, okay. Let's do the activity. Dribble let's do drills. layups. And I'm looking over and it's mass chaos over here. <laughs> girls, and it's perfectly organized <laughs> chaos over there. And I'm just like, I want that. I, and that's what I told, I think I told you, I said, I think I want girls. Yeah. Want and girls. then look what we had. And girls. And here the dogs are. The dogs are here to tell us the episode is over. So get yourself into soccer. Let us know if you're doing some PE. The dogs are staring at me. I got to take them out. It's getting late. <laughs> We've been podcasting too long. I hope you guys have a good time. I know this was a little bit more of a difficult episode, um, but hopefully it gave you some good information you could take back into your homeschool and get yourself through those tough situations and and really uh, bond with your children. So we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!